This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Really appreciate everybody that's always so dedicated to tuning into these shows, especially during the international break. It means a hell of a lot. So thank you to everybody that has continued to do so over the course of the weekend. But the week is certainly well underway now. But we have reached what I describe to be the worst day of the week. It's Tuesday, but we're going to get through it together. We're going to get through all the news. We're going to tackle your questions and we're going to be well on our way to Wednesday. And that's going to be fine. I know I make a big deal out of Tuesdays, but let's be honest, they are dreadful. So let's jump into the chat and jump into what you guys are saying this morning, good morning to Matt G, Marcus. Good morning to you, Hawkwind, Johnny, Amira, uh, Barry. We've got uh, Madik. We've got uh, Black Shine. We've got Stephen Thousand, uh, Justin, Kareda, Ray, Red Star, Phil, Penny Ween, who's returned to the usual name. Uh, Guna Jake, good morning to you, uh, Carl. Uh, we've got Granddaddy Guna, Paul, Stevie, Jimbo, Scott, Mr. Ray, and plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Thank you, everyone. For uh, for basically just joining us because it means the world. Uh, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Right, let's jump into today's stories, shall we? First of all, Laura Weinrother uh, has joined back up uh, with Recovery. You can see her here. She was posted on the Arsenal social media pages looking uh, at how she's doing kind of this. I assume it's like uh, altitude training in some ways, these machines where they're like running on the treadmills and they change up the air pressures inside. Um yeah, sure, some way helps recovery. I'm not an expert at these things, but uh, great to see Laura back there. We saw Leah doing the same thing recently as well. But fantastic to see uh, Laura Weinrotha back, and hopefully she'll be on the field very soon, just like Viv Miedemar, who has indeed returned to training outside. Beth Mead, as we know, was part of the squads, which was involved in those Champions League qualifiers that sadly weren't successful. But seeing Miedemar back as well, suddenly Arsenal's squad is looking very, very good. Add Lacasse and Alstedt and Russo to the likes of Miedemar and, and Beth Mead returning, as well as Williamson and Weinrotha to come back also in the coming months. And suddenly Arsenal have quite the squad. Yes, it's disappointing with no Champions League football next season, but it is going to be a really, really exciting team to take on Chelsea in the WSL. So let's see what happens. But uh, fantastic news to see Viv back out there. Uh, Tim Akinola has joined Al Bida SC on a permanent deal in Qatar. I talked the other day about Marcelo Flores leaving for Mexico being the first of what I expect to be a bit of a 
uh, a bit of a, an exodus of, of these talents. We've been talking about these players like Flores and, and like Akinola, and we've been talking about the fact that these players are have been highly rated and really appreciated by the club. But with the way in which things go with the youth sides, players you know develop, come through, but the signings that are made into the senior groups mean that often the opportunities at that level just aren't there and the loans don't always work out in the way that the club hope and the players that hope that they might do. And so I think we can expect to see more follow Flores and Akinola out the door at a piece yesterday talking about the likes of Charlie Patino, etc., that we can probably expect to see leaving the club in the next year or so. So more clear outs of the, uh, the youth sides and uh, we expect that to continue moving forwards. Uh, Gabrielle is set to start for Brazil against Peru in their second game of the international break, completely putting to bed any concerns, um, any issues with, uh, you know, with the ideas that, He's injured in any way, shape or form, which is great. You know, they had that issue with the the strapping and the ice on his leg after the game against Bolivia, but he is fit, firing, ready to go and hopefully we'll be able to get through the next game without any scares and we'll be able to return to Arsenal for the game against Everton this weekend because it is going to be really, really important to keep Gabriel on this side for the Everton game because... I was looking back over the last six years, the years in which Arsenal have been unable to go to Merseyside and get a result, frustratingly. Um, and uh, one of the big reasons why we haven't been able to do that is because we keep conceding from set pieces, from crosses, uh, aerial balls into the box. So having Gabriel in there is going to be really key. So fingers crossed he is fit and firing and ready to go for that game on Sunday. Rice has been doing some more interviews in which he was asked by Channel 4 about working with Jorginho. And he spoke really interestingly about the Italian international, actually. He said, playing with him every day in training and seeing how he is because he's not the biggest, his brain, the way it works as a holding midfielder. And I've just been trying to pick up little things off him. He's always in position, always knows when to pass and always creates time for himself. He's an outstanding trainer and I've been trying to take little bits from his game as well. I'm trying to learn from everyone. I've got all the abilities myself and still things to do. So really good to hear from Declan Rice talking specifically about Jorginho and what Jorginho has been doing. Um, the Italian international, as we know, I think forms a, a trio of arguably the best defensive midfield group in the world at a single club. And having this level of experience and depth in the position is going to be so important with especially Thomas Partey injured. But to see Rice learning from the player as well and taking the best parts of Jorginho's game is only going to be good for Rice. So, yeah, fingers crossed we can see that influence continue moving forwards. And our headline story of the day, and according to the record in Portugal, Arsenal's have made a £35 million bid, or rather they did, during the summer transfer window for Asmana Diamande. Arsenal were interested in Diamande when he was actually at Midgeland not so long ago. He made the switch to Sporting and Arsenal supposedly made a 35 million euro bid that was rejected. Sporting have got an 80 million euro buyout clause in Diamande's contract, which they are said to be pointing to when any interested party comes along. Would he have been part of the squad this summer? If Arsenal had gone in with more money, maybe. But uh, interesting to see that they did seemingly move for a midfielder and a defensive midfielder at that as well, who can also play at centre-half. Perhaps Arsenal were looking at a versatile player that could play in the defence and in defensive midfield as well to be part of the squad. And speaking of the squad, the Champions League squad list has indeed been released. In terms of list A, what it means is it's split into two lists. We've got list A and list B. List B 
is made up of under-21 players, which can reinforce the squad. And we often see those players training with the group. Well, list A includes Aaron Ramsdale, David Raya, and James Hilson, who is part of the squad, not Carl Hine. Uh, the defenders include Cedric, uh, you'll be glad to hear, Lino Souza, Takahiro Tomiyasu, Alexander Zinchenko, Ben White, Gabriel, Jakub Kivior, and William Saliba. The midfielders are Mohamed Elneny, Jorginho, Thomas Partey, Declan Rice, Martin Odegaard, Kai Havertz, Fabio Vieira, and Emil Smith-Rowe. That should certainly give you an indication of when the club see uh, Thomas Partey returning and they see him being used within the first uh, group stage part of the season. And the forwards are Leandro Trossard, Bakaya Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus. So Arsenal getting plenty of uh, experience and youth throughout that side. And it's good to see that Mohamed Elneny is involved in that. That's an indication that we expect him to come back. But as we know, there are plenty of players that can all still get called up from the youth side, like Royal Waters, like Amario Koja Dubri, like uh, Ethan Noineri, Miles um, Lewis Skelly, because List B enables, uh, enables you to kind of call up a lot of youth players that are under 21s to the list. But we had to make some inclusions in List A in the form of Lino Souza uh, and James Hilson as well. So for those wondering where the likes of uh, Walters is, it's because he's going to be in list B. So you don't need to worry about the fact that Cedric was chosen over Walters because uh, Walters will be involved in uh, the other list. So there you go. Cedric, amongst things in the list, not expected to leave the club until at least January. So better get used to seeing him in training, potentially part of some squads. Let's wait and see what ends up happening in the Champions League this season. I think Arsenal have got a great chance of going far. So hopefully they can indeed do that. Right, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's go into the chat box and tackle some of the questions, shall we? Uh, let's go to uh, Jimbo. says, hey, Tom, which match in Arsenal's history do you wish you could have been there to report on or picking a match? How would you have reported on it? It's a great, great question. Of all the games, I suppose you have to take into account the fact that when I go to games... There's a lot that goes alongside just being there. You also obviously get the opportunity to speak to the players after the game and be around the buzz of things. Um, so I suppose the the final day of the Invincible season, 
that would have been a great opportunity. But what I would say is that the final day can sometimes be the worst day for journalists because the players are in a bit of a party atmosphere. They're not really that keen on talking to the media after games. So after the last game of last season, we didn't sadly get to speak to anybody uh, other than uh, you know a couple of players that were leaving the club and we got to say goodbye to them. Um, but uh, certainly with uh, the last day of the Invincible season, you think that might have been a, a great opportunity to to get some thoughts of the players in that moment. But I guess if it was like a single game, oh, it's really tough. Um, maybe North London derby in 2004 at White Hart Lane. That might have been one of the best games to be able to be at and report on and speak to the players, winning the league at Spurs. And the, the kind of the quotes that you would have got out of that would have been absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, certainly would have been one. Uh, Vanaji says, not a question, but what a nice guy Peter Jury is. A wonderful listen yesterday. And yes, to extend that as well, a massive, massive congratulations and kudos to uh, Mike Feinberg, who hosted 27 hours worth of stream yesterday on the Gooners pod. It was an absolute pleasure to be part of such a small part of it yesterday and thank you to everybody that did indeed hop over from our live stream and we raided that chat you could see the look on mike's face when he saw so many people jumping into the stream at one time and you were leaving your comments in the comment section that was amazing so thank you to everybody that did that um it was it was a great event um so many fantastic guests lots of money raised i think they raised over ten thousand pounds um well over that in the end which is amazing as well um so make sure you send a, a tweet over to at the Gooners pod on Twitter and just congratulate Mike and the team uh, on all their work. Of course, um, you had Jared, you had Owen, you had uh, Sophie uh, giving Mike a really good hand as well. Uh, Andy, I saw at the end as well. And some fantastic guests in total, Aston, uh, Mike, Kurtz as well. Also all involved in giving Mike uh, a hand in the show and so many good guests. But Peter Drury was was on with me on my section with Harry Simu. A really interesting listen. You know, I only jumped on really to be part of it and, and show my support. And it was great to just listen to, to Peter Drury talk about things. And, you know, very kindly, uh, I look forward to seeing him hopefully at the weekend at Everton now and having a chat there. So, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff and uh, really worth back watching back. If you need some listening uh, for your days and you need 27 hours worth of, you know, up-to-date Arsenal content, it's certainly worth chucking the Gooners pod on and listening back to the show across the next few days. And you can catch up on all of the amazing guests that include the likes of Charles Watts, Blog, Clive, Elliot, um, who else? Uh, Alan Smith, Kev Cat. Is Kev? I swear Kev was on. I think he was. Um, I wasn't able to tune in for the whole thing, so I feel like I missed some of the guests now. Um, but loads more. Uh, Julian Laurence and Gab Marcotti. Um, some amazing guests. So make sure that you you go and check out the show because it was certainly a brilliant one. Uh, Guna Garris says, Tom, I hear you're vegan. I am not vegan. Sorry to disappoint you, mate. No, uh, I do enjoy um, all. I don't think I have any dietary requirements. I'm allergic to cats and dogs. That's about it, Gareth. But no, not vegan in any way, shape or form. But uh, respect to those that choose to be. Uh, let's go to Philip, who says, hey, Tom, uh, what do you think of Rory Jennings? I want to like his and the club's content, but I feel like his opinions are outrageous and try to get clicks. I mean, I don't agree with a lot of what Rory says. What I would say is I think Rory turned around and apologized and held his hands up on the offside comments he made regarding Manchester United's goal. So you've got to respect somebody when they hold their hands up and say that they are wrong about something. And certainly, I think Rory was wrong about saying that the Man United goal should have been offside. So I respect the guy for some of the things that he does, but I don't agree with a lot of the things that 
um, are spoken about. And I do sympathize with that viewpoint that sadly, it does seem like some things are, um, uh, you know, uh, said, which I don't honestly believe are actually believed when they're being said it just it just staggers me that some things come out um but there you go um let's go yes jalali i am indeed sadly allergic to cats and dogs which is sucks i know i use dietary requirements when i said that but the only reason i said that was because it's the obvious joke of when you go into a restaurant and someone says do you have any allergies i'm like well cats and dogs but uh the dad jokes coming into full effect always. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's what it's the worst part of me is that allergy because I love love dogs, but uh, sadly can only be around them for a short period of time, uh, which absolutely sucks. But uh, yeah. Uh, Zungtar says, Tom, are you confident against Everton? How would you line up the team? Well, we'll be doing our preview show. Um, so don't you worry. We'll have a preview show which, uh, which hopefully will... Um, give you the answers to those questions. But as I said before, uh, we are hopefully going to have Gabriel in the side um, and fingers crossed we can uh, we can see that effect of, of someone with the height and physicality and verticality in it as well. Um, question from Kedrox is, do Arsenal women now drop into the Europa League? No, they don't because there is only one uh, European competition uh, but it is something that is being proposed some understanding the Women's Champions League is the only one out there at the moment in terms of a European competition but um, I believe if I do a quick Google search that there was plans to propose it um, yes a Europa League style competition for women's football among proposals for European Club Association the ECA this was back in 2021 in March so I don't know if there's been an update on this since 2021 but it doesn't seem to be that that's the case. Um, so no, only the Champions League, Kedrog, is the only competition um, in the women's game at the moment. So there is no um, there is no Europa League that Arsenal drop into now that they have uh, dropped out of the the uh, the Champions League, which absolutely sucks. Um, let's uh, Derek says Tom the machines that we saw Laura Weinrother in means that you can run with no load on your legs also I feel that it will, uh, will thump Everton at the weekend interesting so that makes a lot of sense doesn't it because you're then not putting weight and you're going through the movement of the knee while it recovers so thanks Derek much appreciate the uh, inside knowledge on that uh, Vera says how would you rate our international player performances so far Good question. Um, out of the squad that are currently away on international duty, I think Gabriel had a brilliant performance for Brazil in their first game uh, against Bolivia. Tommy Asu had a fantastic game, of course, for Japan against Germany. Kai Havertz in that game didn't particularly look too great, which is obviously frustrating. Uh, Zinchenko scored against England. Bakaya Saka hit the bar in that game. I guess we could ask some more, but I hope that Bakaya Saka is rested for the game, um, you know, against uh, Scotland in the week as well. Uh, Kivior, sadly, on the losing end of Poland's game against Albania, but he did score, but it was ruled offside uh, rather frustratingly. But uh, yeah, and Leandro Trossard played, but I didn't see his... his um, I didn't see Leo's game against Azerbaijan. I know that Belgium won, but uh, and he started, but I didn't see his, his performance, so I can't really comment on that one. Uh, Sidark says, uh, please explain why Arteta never replaces Saka. He probably feels that there isn't enough coming off the bench in the right wing. He does replace him sometimes, but nowhere near as much as I, I hope that he would, especially now you've got Reese Nelson, you've got Fabio Vieira, Mill Smith, right? you've got players that could potentially play in that position. But we've also got Gabriel Jesus. I think Jesus could come on 
for for Saka and playing a wide position also. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's 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 frustrating a little bit because I think he should be rested more and maybe we'll see more rest uh, as the season goes on, especially with the Champions League and Carabao Cup starting this month. But uh yeah, I, I agree. I think we should be trying to rest Saka more in games. Dan Roberts is apparently Man United are considering signing El Ghazi. Um, yes, El Ghazi was at the Arsenal versus uh, Manchester United game. And a lot of people theorised that maybe Arsenal would be looking to sign El Ghazi. But with the situation with Anthony and Jaden Sancho as well, it seems that maybe they might be looking to sign El Ghazi on a free. Amazing that in 2023, Manchester United have signed Valt Veghorst, Johnny Evans and El Ghazi. The amount of people that really wanted to see Eric Ten Hag at Arsenal, and you've got to say that his work in recruitment with the squad, with the club, is has not been faultless, you know, let's be honest, and far from uh, perfect, that is for sure. Um, Chris, uh, I'm now scrolling down just to check on my microphone. Yeah, no, it's, everything is, is all good. Um, let's go to Phil says, what's the beef between Benny Blanco and Southgate? Surely he's better than Maguire, Duncan, Colwell. I honestly don't really know. Um, I don't know what the situation is. It's not something he's ever spoken publicly about. There's been loads of speculation, which I'd rather not comment on. But I don't know for sure what the situation is. Um, Arteta's never really addressed it. Um, so, yeah, sadly, um, I, I don't have an answer for you, mate, at all. Um, let's go to... Uh, Ashley says, life under Arteta is dead food. He hasn't put his own style, copied Pep. He even talks like Pep and celebrates like Pep. He is a mini Pep. <laughs> Lots of Pep, but not so Peppy with that comment. Um, well, I mean, in regards to Arsenal under Arteta, it's only gone in one direction, which is improvement. It's only gone from 11th when he took over at Arsenal to title challenging with Pep Guardiola. In terms of he's not put his own style on things and that he's copied Pep, I don't agree with that. I think certainly he's taken inspiration from a lot of what Pep Guardiola's done. And if you are going to take a lot of tips from a coach, Pep Guardiola is hardly the worst example because Pep Guardiola in himself lacks originality in a lot of cases because he took a lot of his inspiration of his coaching and what he does from, you know, Cruyff at Barcelona. So, is it so bad that a manager would take inspiration from another coach? Because if your criticism of Arteta is that he copies Guardiola, then surely you're critical of Guardiola for taking inspiration from one of the greatest coaches of all time in Johan Cruyff. So I don't really understand the the criticism of taking inspiration. I don't think it's a like-for-like like situation with Arteta and, and, and Guardiola at all. You know, in terms of playing centre-backs at full-back areas, yes, Guardiola has done that. But, you know, we've also been in a situation where I think that he progressed Zinchenko's role. Pep used Zinchenko a lot as kind of a rotational figure at left back. He never saw him as really a starting figure that would elevate City. Whereas Arteta has taken Zinchenko and taken his game to a new level. He's taken Granit Xhaka and turned him into the best version of himself when he was at the club in his final season. I think he's elevated Gabriel Jesus to another level as well since joining Arsenal. Arteta is certainly credited with taking Bukayo Saka's entry under Unai Emery into the squad, elevating him to one of the best right-wingers in the world at right-wing. You know, we're in a position where Arteta's done loads. I mean, if he wants to take inspiration from Guardiola, I don't necessarily think that is something to be critical of in the same way that I wouldn't be critical of Pep Guardiola taking loads of inspiration from Cruyff. I just feel like it's a bit of a cop-out criticism to say that he's copying someone 
you know, if we've got someone that's as close to the best manager in the world, but isn't the best manager in the world after just four years in a position where he's coaching for the first time, imagine what it's going to be like where Arteta has got even more experience and continues to learn. It's exciting stuff to think that we've got a coach that is less than four years into a job and is being compared to what Pep Guardiola does. I think that is, if anything, exciting. Um, but Ashley retorts and says it doesn't mean anything. Four seasons uh, of every competition going up a mountain and not reaching the top is pointless. I mean, Ashley, again, I'd love to... Ashley, you're the type of person that I'd love to have come on the show and debate these things. But whenever I offer up these opportunities to have these discussions, usually people shy away and they don't want to come on and show their face on camera and have a conversation. But I open up the opportunity to you. I welcome people like you with your opinions to come on the show and have a discussion and a debate about these things. So if you can let me know your Twitter account, I can get in contact with you, Ashley, and we can sort out a, a bit of a debate about this. I'd love to speak to you. So in the next comment that you've got in the chat box, let me know your your, your social media and I'll, I'll be in touch and we can have a debate about this. I'd love to do it. Um, let's go to Penny Ween says, is Stayfield as good as I'm hearing? Stayfield. Why am I missing this, Penny Ween? You, you, you're throwing me off. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Amira says, I'm seeing shouts on Twitter for us to get Sancho alone in January. Why? Well, what I would say... Right. And I would not rule out Jane Sancho at all. The reason why I wouldn't rule out Jane Sancho is because I know what I saw at Borussia Dortmund. And I know that at Manchester United, he's currently playing under a coach that didn't want him. Now, if Arteta wants Jaden Sancho, I am absolutely willing to take a risk on that player. I wouldn't spend a stupid amount of money on the player because it's a risk. You know, I wouldn't do another... Um, I wouldn't do another... Um, Kai Havertz situation. I don't think we can afford to risk another amount of money in that kind of figure when we're already working on a project in him. But if it was something like less than £20 million and that's what they would take. I mean, think about the, the loss Arsenal made on Pepe. You know, it's been a few years, a couple of years, two, three years since Sancho joined. I would be up for taking a risk on someone like Sancho if the figure was right. Um, but I think there are absolutely a lot more players ahead of him in the list of players that I'd like to see come in in a right-wing position. But if Arsenal weren't able to bring in a forward and he was the only option and it was him or nobody, I would be interested in seeing what he could do because I think you know bringing competition for Bukayo Saka is important. And maybe in an environment which really does promote the player's best qualities like he had at Dortmund, you get a player that was as good as as he was at uh, at Dortmund. So, yeah, I think there's an openness to that. Alone, if only it had an option that was of a reasonable figure, but I don't think Man United would allow that to happen. Uh, Peeny Ween meant Starfield rather than Stayfield. Is Stayfield as good as I'm hearing? Uh, Starfield is what he meant. I have started playing Starfield in my uh, small amount of free time that I have. I... I'm indifferent about it. I'll be very honest. I am a big Fallout 4 fan. I love that game. It's one of my favorite games I've ever played. And going to Starfield, there is a lot I, I there is a lot I, I I like about it, but there's a lot I, a lot more I don't really like about it. There's too much fast travel, there's too much open space, there's it lacks direction. Um but I'm really early on in the game still, you know, I've not been able to finish it. So I can't comment on it conclusively, but my early kind of feeling about the game of playing it for, you know, the best part of a few hours is you're bombarded with loads of new information without context. I watched a kind of a primer video 
um, Epic Nate, who's a fantastic Bethesda-based uh, YouTuber, did a really good video talking about all of that. But yeah, I'm sorry. We're going off on a tangent talking about Starfield, but I was asked about it. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Phil says, Tom, maybe you should stream yourself playing Starfield. Yeah, never going to happen. The TGT gaming channel is not a thing. I'm, I'm just not good enough at games to ever... Um, kind of do it what i would say though pin is is don't just take my opinion take other people's as well um because you, you know my preferences of games might be different but for me fallout 4 is you know what i love in a, in a video game with for all its faults and glitches and things like that i think its story is great i think everything about fallout 4 that i enjoy is, is what i like in a video game so yeah but i don't i haven't had that same feel with Starfield yet. So there you go. Uh, Ridiculous says, Sancho to Arsenal is wild, but great. He's good mates with Nelson since youth days. And what I read with the current environment in the Arsenal squad, I feel it would do wonders for him. I think we have to see how Kai Havertz goes. You know, people are writing Kai Havertz off so early on in his time at Arsenal. And I think we've got to give him time. And I am worried about adding another project into things whilst we've already got Kai Havertz and while we're working on kind of rebuilding Kaivats. Have we got room for two projects? I don't know. I'm not completely closed off to the idea. Um, but I, I just think that uh you know at the moment we need to be careful. So there you go. Um did Ashley respond to the response? I'm not seeing Ashley, I'm not seeing anything. Um oh okay. Uh I don't go on cam. My mum said I'm not allowed to talk to strangers. Technically you're doing that right now in a chat box, but I'm sensing that sarcasm. Uh typically what happens when I speak to anybody that has that is a real kind of critical person of Arteta is either they do tend to be children or B, uh which obviously I we only do 18 plus um phone in shows. You have to be over the age of 18 for very obvious reasons. We wouldn't be getting kids on. Um that's why we have um, you know, uh cameras on only for those shows but 10 they tend to be either kids which apparently ashley is um or you know they, they don't have a show <laughs> I, I i really struggle to to get on our phone and shows people that are very much critical in chat boxes and are very happy to be very disparaging of arteta ever coming on the phone and shows you know maybe it's maybe they're scared i assume that's probably the, the priority reason but uh yeah it doesn't happen uh, it just doesn't happen. I think that probably tells you everything, really. The majority of Arsenal fans are very supportive of Arteta. It's a very it's a very small minority, a loud small minority of Arteta's haters these days out there. Um, but uh, they don't usually show their face all that often. Very, very few choose to. Um, let's go to Chris. Who says, Tom, could you do a podcast talking about England and Southgate? I'm really fed up with him now. I mean, Chris, there's not much point in me dedicating one show to it. I mean, I'm pretty clear in my views uh, on Southgate. I think England should move on to a coach that can bring more out of that team. Uh, I think his style of play, his philosophy is reductive. I don't think he's improved anybody in the England squad since taking over. You know, I look at managers on the international level um, like um, like Didier Deschamps that I think has improved players at the international level. I don't believe that Southgate has done that at England. I think he's cost England a World Cup final. I think he's cost England a European Championship victory. Um you know, so yeah, it is what it is. Um, let's go to uh, if he says, Why will they be scared? I don't know. I, I guess it's like a little bit embarrassing sometimes when like you're put in a situation where you're debating a point and the potential for you to be proven wrong on camera is, isn't ideal for people. If he, you know, I'm very 
used to that happening. I've been proven wrong plenty of times when in discussion debates, I've changed my mind on screen when someone's put a very good point into a chat box or a good point into a podcast. And I'm gone, you know what? That's a really fair point. And uh, it's made me think a bit deeper about why my position on things. So yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there is an element of of being scared to come on camera and potentially be proven wrong or to look a little bit silly when your opinions start to fall away against the evidence that they stack up against. But it's why I have a load of respect for everybody that jumps on our phone and shows, whether they agree with me or not. You know, and we've had loads of people jump on that don't necessarily agree with me, but we have really good conversations. Me and Mohammed Basha, for instance, when Basha jumps on, we don't necessarily always agree. When Potsy jumps on, we don't always agree on things, but have some really good conversations. Um, but yeah, I think there is an element, I think, of of some being scared that they're going to be made to look a little bit silly. I mean, that's not the intention ever, but sometimes that's what comes with the territory of being very against a person or a movement or a you know an entire sport or section of a sport um regarding the women's team which the amount of conversations i had yesterday with people about was was kind of crazy but uh yeah i think that people there's an element of um frustration for people being proven wrong in certain situations so there you go uh esmond says tom clip it we will win the premier league this season i hope you're right esmond we're certainly not the favorites for it and i don't think we will be whilst pep city uh are in the situation that they are but you know, we're certainly the be- next best placed in my view. Um, I don't personally think that any other team should be finishing above us this season other than City. And if we do finish below a Man United, finish below a Liverpool, finish below a Chelsea, I will be disappointed with that because I do think that we are the best placed team to challenge City this year. So let's wait and see and see how the season goes. Uh, Holden, he says, Tom, I've just joined. Can we rewind the entire show? Thanks in advance. Yeah, OK, let's start again. No, I'm obviously joking. We're not going to do that. Uh, Mark says, what does Vieira or Smithrow have to do to get more playing time? And will Arteta again start Havertz, given how dreadful his performances have been for Germany? I think that we may see him start um, for for Arsenal against Everton. I personally think that... um, I personally think that, that Vieira deserves that chance. I think Vieira should should absolutely come into that game. But I would understand if Havertz started because I think, you know, one of the biggest things about Everton and the reason why we've not won at Everton for a number of years is a lack of verticality. Um, We have lacked that aerial defence in the box. We've got such a small team at times and we are going to face a lot of crosses against Everton and having someone of the vertical height of of Havertz, I think would be beneficial. Against Man United, I I did think that Havertz got a couple of clearances away at corners and I think that 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 height is going to be beneficial. But there's something to be said about rewarding um, a player like Vieira who has come on in games and played really well. So I think there's arguments for both. Um, and that that is what is ultimately the most important. Um, let's, yeah, Seb says it's going to be a physical battle against Everton. And, and as I say, I did an article that's gone out, I think this morning, that looked back at those last five or so games. Um, and, and the evidence of those five games, as you know, last season, it was a James Tarkovsky goal. Uh, that ultimately led to Arsenal's demise. We've seen Yeri Mina score from a corner. We've seen Jvil Jagielka score from a long throw-in. Um, there's loads of situations against Everton. Hold, holding scored an own goal with a, a cross of the box. Um, Richarlison, I think, scored from a cross in the box as well. We've seen so many opportunities against Everton where we unfortunately have conceded from set pieces and crosses. That needs to change. And we need to try and change that. And uh, yeah, let's let's wait and let's wait and see um, what happens. Um, hopefully, 
uh, we can see a turnaround in the game at the weekend. It would be a really, really big thing. You know, people don't think about it because it's only Everton. But considering we've not won at Everton away from home since 2017, you know, Unai Emery never won away at Everton. Uh, Arsene Wenger is the last coach that Arsenal had to beat Everton away from home in the league in a 5-2 win um, in 2017. But uh, yeah, let's wait and see what happens. Hopefully Arteta can get his first win as well. Um, Swanick says, Terry Fleurs on the Football Terrace made a Spurs fan look very silly the other day. It was class. <laughs> yeah, look, I think Terry does some good things. I think I don't agree necessarily with everything that Terry does, but uh, certainly uh, when you have a debate with anybody, if you can use evidence and if you can use um you know facts to support the opinion and it can end in really good debates you know uh i love listening to james o'brien you know on lbc because whenever he has debates from a political standpoint you know he's some fantastic views on uh on kind of uh on how to kind of tackle certain arguments and certainly it's always going to be the best way to use evidence um to back up a point and if you haven't got anything to kind of back up that view i was having some discussions yesterday with people on twitter i won't call them out because i think it's unfair um in this case i was having a couple of discussions with people about uh, i put a tweet out where is the tweet that i put out uh let me find it here it is uh, the tweet i put out was i'll never understand the argument that supporting the club for longer than someone else supposedly makes somebody more of a fan than someone who has loved the club unconditionally since their discovery of it, no matter how recent that was. Very similar to the whole, I go to games, so that makes me a better fan than somebody else. Um, like, that's the tweet. And somebody put out saying that they, um, someone re replied to it, which was talking about um, the idea that there are fair weather fans um, and some fans that only supported the club when things were going well and weren't really there when things weren't going well. I personally haven't come across that. I know it's an opinion that a lot of people have about some fans. They're just not around for some of the, 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 the bad times. But I've never looked at that. And so I asked for evidence of any finding anyone on social media that is, that's, that, you know, that, that's got that. Um, and I, I couldn't get any evidence for that. There wasn't any evidence to suggest that that is happening or that, that they've seen tweets of people doing that. Um, but people are convinced that there are fair weather fans out there. But I've never come across it myself. And yet I'm still yet to see evidence that that suggests. If people present the evidence, I'm more than open to, to you know, being like, oh, fair play. These people do exist. But I've so far yet to be shown who these people are, you know. So, yeah. But what I sadly do see is, is I have conversations with people on social media that seem to think that because they go to games um, or, you know, you see those tweets that are like, how many games have you been to this season? You know, you, you know, the tweets I'm talking about um, when they're having debates with people like, oh, you're based in America or you're based in Australia or you're based in India or you're based in somewhere around the world that's not England. How can you have an opinion? Um, you know, I, I just I, I just think that... Uh, I just think that there are situations whereby um, we need to be better at, you know, looking to where real opinions come from and they come from the effort that goes into. I mean, if you speak to anyone in Australia, the effort that goes to, to tuning in at a certain time, tuning in at 1am, 3am, 5am, that's dedication. That's as much dedication as it is someone traveling to a game at the weekend. Absolutely as much. So, you know, for me, if you're a fan of Arsenal, if you support Arsenal, if you want them to win the next game, that's that's all that that's all that matters. You know, for me, anybody that has turned around and said they want Arsenal to lose, 
They're the ones that you need to look at and really question their fandom. That's who I would question. They're the ones that are not as fa- as much fans as anyone else that have ever wanted Arsenal to lose a game. You know, that's just... There's only one situation that I will say that that is okay. And if Arsenal losing means that Spurs don't win the league, that is the only situation ever, ever, you know, where you're in a situation whereby you can be okay with Arsenal losing. That is the only time that you can justify Arsenal wanting to lose. But if it's a situation where you just don't like a manager and you want them sacked or because you're, said, you're sick of a certain lineup being played and you want somebody taken out the team, I hope we lose the next game because it means that someone might be taken out the side. It means that we might see the manager sacked. You're not a real fan. It's as simple as that. Uh, Shay says, most Arteta routers are just being too stubborn to admit that they were wrong. Was reason to be doubtful at the start, for sure. I'll give him that. But he turned it around brilliantly. And now uh, it's just silly. Uh, Gary says, well said, considering the price of the season tickets, not everyone can afford that. That doesn't mean that they aren't valid fans. Times are hard for some. Absolutely. You know, the socioeconomic crisis here in England is, isn't great. And there are a lot of fans around the world that sadly, you know, are in a situation whereby they're struggling in day-to-day life, let alone being able to travel all the way over to England to get a ticket to come to Arsenal. You know, that being able to go to Arsenal is a privilege. It's an absolute privilege to be able to go to Arsenal. You know, it's not it's not a God-given right that you can do that just because you live in the local area. You know, I understand that things were different before and that football clubs were a representation of the local area and that people identify with that. You know, and I think there are, you know, certainly arguments to be had in those debates, but... There's nothing to be said about because you live five minutes from the ground. You're more of a fan than someone that lives an eight-hour or 12-hour or 24-hour flight away. You're not. You know, people's love for the club is is unconditional. That's all that matters. It's as simple as that. Um, T down under says, what if Arsenal lose and it gets Spurs relegated? It would it would need to it would need to um not affect Arsenal in a negative way. So if say we losing means that we don't get top four or we don't win the league or we don't get European football. If us winning the game that if we'd have lost sent Spurs down made no difference to Arsenal whatsoever and it had no negative impact on us whatsoever, then I think there might be an argument there, T Dad on You know, I think that that is that maybe is another example. Um, but there's part of me that I'd call me crazy. And you can call me crazy for this, but there's part of me that doesn't want Spurs to be relegated because I kind of like beating them every season. You know, not having your rival in the league, sometimes, that you know, playing Spurs is part and parcel of a Premier League season for me. You know, that that excitement, that nervousness, that anxiousness, that's part of being an Arsenal fan is a North London derby. So I feel like I'd miss the North London derby if they weren't in the league. So... You know, I think there's a really good debate to be had that I don't necessarily want Spurs to get relegated because I like the North London derby. I like rubbing it in their faces. And, you know, yeah, as Jimbo says, keep your enemies close. Not too close, um, but close. <laughs> so maybe that's something to be said. Oh, that's a, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's let's throw a poll. I'm really interested to see what people would say about this. Um, as an Arsenal fan, uh, there we go, as an Arsenal fan, would you want Spurs to be relegated? Uh, and yes is the answer. Or no, keep them for the NLD uh, start. There we go. Let's drop that poll into the chat box. Um, 
so there you go i'm curious i'm interested what you want we can go for another 10 more minutes and let's let's wait and see uh what happens uh, nick says i don't want spurs to get relegated that would be terrible batman needs his much weaker and definitely crap joker. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Um, Nick says, I miss the home games, but I'm not, but not the away games, uh, but not the away games today. Uh, why not? Why don't you miss the away games? I'm really curious. Um, Clive says, excellent point, because the team is also subsidized by people watching on TV. Arsenal get a lot of money from the TV revenue, which if people didn't watch from abroad, Arsenal wouldn't get as much. Very, very true. Bizarre says, would you trade Cedric for Mudrick? Of course. Of course I would. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> of course I would. Uh, sending Cedric to Chelsea. Imagine that. Uh, Raditya says, Arsenal win the league. Last game of the season. Dead rubber. If it means Spurs go down, then by means field the whole youth team <laughs> so there you go uh penny Wynn says relegate spuds 100 percent for me and i think you know i don't think there's necessarily even a wrong answer for this question i think i absolutely respect people that would love to see spurs relegated but i also respect people who had the opinion that they would love, rather see spurs stay in the league so that we can beat them every season and rub that in their faces every single year so yeah i i think that you know there's an argument for both i think there really is an argument in both situations uh aditya says tom should ask how long they should stay relegated then we can resume normalish north london derbies maybe one relegation would be enough that'd be quite funny and then they can return and you know uh, we can beat them again and send them back down that maybe will be uh you know that maybe will be something to uh to look at uh too many people are voting no says kira <laughs> that's my influence i'm afraid uh jordan says how and where do i go about watching arsenal 21 under 21 games on a regular basis it's a really good question jordan sometimes arsenal broadcast them sometimes opposition teams if they're away from home or even if they're, they're uh, at home sometimes you can find them on other teams um youtube channels or websites but there isn't a dedicated youth um kind of viewership uh sadly i often catch up on a lot of the youth games on y scout and look a lot of the clips on there because it gives you access to some but it will only have that if indeed it was broadcast and sadly not all the games are broadcasted uh Fuad says tom what's your favorite stadium outside the emirates it's a good question um uh from a like, kind of journalist perspective of games sitting in the press box i'm trying to think back to last season and what was a re leicester city was a really good press box um, and press lounge really did enjoy Leicester, and sadly I won't have that this season. My least favourite is Everton, which will be this weekend if I indeed do end up going. That press box is, as I was talking to Peter Drury about yesterday on the show, that press box is not good. Uh, it's very uncomfortable. It's very tightly compacted. It's very difficult to do your work if you've got a sizable laptop as well and sizable leg length like I do being six foot three and sitting next to Kyrie six foot five. You know, it doesn't really help. So it's quite tight in that press box. Um, but um man city have a very nice press box quite a small press lounge but a very nice press uh press box um where else man united isn't very good again quite tight very small didn't enjoy manchester united's press box at all um it's because it's really really quite it's old-fashioned stadium so you know the older stadiums don't have the best ones but some like you now ellen road for leeds have it's quite good you know you are sitting on benches but there's a lot of space space is the biggest thing you want in a press box so when it's at a premium like it is at Everton and like it is at Manchester United, that's trickier to, to, to fit everything in. It's very, but it's an old-fashioned stadium. So I suppose with Everton's, you know, new stadium coming around very soon, that will improve. Fulham's is, is very tight as well. Um, so, yeah. 
Penny Wren says, why don't Football London hire shorter people? <laughs> Help them fit in the press box better. So there you go. Um, we are going to round the show off there. Thank you to everybody that's joining us in the chat box. Really appreciate your time as always. 99% of you have been absolutely brilliant. Uh, sadly, there's always a couple. Uh, but uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. And uh, I will be excited to see where kind of this week builds up to the Everton game, hearing from Arteta at the end of the week, uh, building up with our, our preview shows. Um, and uh, yeah, there's lots to come. Eat, Sleep, Arsenal, Repeat will be on Thursday. The preview show will probably be on Friday. Um, and other than that, we'll be live on the Arsenal way, of course. So make sure you tune in for that. But it's been absolutely brilliant being with you. I also kind of want to do a phone-in show at some point as well to kind of look back upon the window and get people's thoughts and opinions heard as well. So look out for when that might drop at some stage and we'll get some listeners on, the ones that aren't scared to come on. Um, but yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I look forward to spending more time with you in the chat box tomorrow morning live again, 8am. Have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.